Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome to the BritFlix.com podcast. My name's Stuart Wright, and today I've got with me a couple of uh, actors. Do you want to give us your names? Yeah, my name is Mark Shields. And my name is Darren Connolly. Hello, Mark and Darren. Uh, and what's the film that we've uh, we've come, come together with all these wires and Wi-Fi to talk about? Uh, the film is called The Caravan. And do you want to give us a brief synopsis about what that is? Yeah, it's, uh, it's about a father and son relationship after the death of a mother. So Mark's wife, um, Georgina, my mother, has passed away and succumbed to cancer. Um, and she asks us to go and revisit and do up the family caravan, bring it back to its former glory. And on doing so, she's hoping that we bring our relation back to its former glory. Um, we've not spoke for... 15 years properly, not been in the same room as each other for five years. And it's just a heartwarming, sort of like British, independent, father and son, gritty, gritty yeah. stubborn sort of movie. Okay, okay. Now, this is this is your first feature film, yeah? Is that right? Um, as in uh, acting or produ- uh, producing? Well, you tell me then. Is, is, is it the first for acting or the first for producing? <laughs> Well, I've, this is probably my, um, let me try and think, um, my first film was The Weekender. Yeah. Um, then I did Sherlock Holmes, A Game of Shadows with Robert Downey Jr. Uh-huh. Then I've done London Road, which is a feature film, and then I did this one. So it's probably about my fourth or fifth feature film. Now, but this is, this is what, now those films you weren't involved with the story or the production of, was you? No, just as an actor, yeah. Just as an actor, so... But this is the first film myself uh, has been involved in from sort of the, the start of the process, from getting it written to the end of the process, to editing, and then to selling the film. So this is my first one for, on, on that level. Cool, cool. So, so do you, I mean, the story itself um, is maybe a reflection of you two as people outside of film, isn't it? Um, do you want to give us a little bit of your sort of background before you're getting into film and how and how you made that transition? Do you want, I guess I'll start with you, Mark. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was a <coughs> professional rugby league player. And right. um, throughout my career, I obviously had many injuries, but one of, probably one of my worst injuries was a back injury. Uh, and obviously since then, I've had two majors, I've had two surgery, you know, major surgeries on my back. Right. Um, and obviously relationships with family and, and, and things like that. So it, it reflected a lot on that in the film. I brought a lot of that from me into the film. Hmm. Um, and it's something that you can relate to, and emotional recall, which, which is what I brought to the film. Because your, char- your character is a former rugby league star, isn't he? Yeah, he is in there. And obviously there's, there's, there's elements in the film 
uh, that relate to an injury that was caused by my son, which led to the, the fallout, which was, again, something completely stupid and stubbornness. Um, but at the time, that was everything to me. It was my career. And that injury stopped my career. Do you think, I mean, just that, I mean, just before we get into the sort of films, do you think that there is something sort of, there's, there's like twin tracks you run on. There's, there's you, the sportsman, and then there's you, the family man. Is that kind of, are they, they're not, they're not, they're not always easy to integrate, are they, I suppose? Which no, is what not, the film tackled. Not at all, and that's what it did tackle, and that was one thing, and it was very difficult, because when you're in sport, and like being in, being a sportsman, being in sport, that is your life for so long. You live and breathe your sport. You know, you, you're told what to eat, you're told what to drink, you're told when to train, you're told when to do this, to do that. And it, it's very difficult. And your family life is sort of on the back burner and everything else gets pushed to one side. Hmm. And then when you do retire, you realise how much that your family have actually given up for you. Hmm. And, and, you know, it's a bit of a guilt thing. You've got to give something back. But at the time, you don't realise, you know, you, you're training, you're coming home at night, you know, when I've got young children... You know, I went out to work because obviously I was a semi-pro, so I, was, I went out to work in the morning, come back, they were in bed, they went training. So you missed a lot of them growing up, and it was very difficult. Now, you, Darren, what, what's, what's your sort of background prior to the prior to acting? <laughs> um, well, I left school, obviously, when I was 16 and joined the Armed Forces. I was in the Royal Logistic Corps. Um, I did a six-month operational tour of Bosnia. Uh, I was in for six years. During them six years, I was um, picked up and trained to represent Great Britain at biathlon, which is skiing. So I was uh, I was a really good runner. I've always been a fit lad. So when I joined the army, um, I entered a few running races. Then the the, the camp commander um, asked me if I fancied running on skis for six months of the year. <laughs> So I just thought, yeah, brilliant. It's a chance to get out of work, travel the world, travel Europe, visit all the Scandinavian countries that I might not normally have visited had I not been in the army. Um, mm-hmm. And then I, I, I did quite well. Um, I won everything as a junior and then junior novice. Then I jumped up to junior. Then I got uh, picked up to ski for the Great British B team. Uh, went to the junior world championships. Um and just had a really, really good time, but then left the army, thought the grass was greener on the other side. I did a bits of work, labouring job. Um, I did pattern concrete. I've done bits of work with Mark. Uh, he's just sold his company. Um, I had a business um, and then found acting when I was 27. Um, myself and Mark pretty much started at the same time, really. Our paths have, have always collided which is probably why we're sat next to each other now in my kitchen. Um, Too close. (laughs) Too close. We started off on Shameless on Series 5. Yeah. Uh, Mark was called Desi Sanderson. Um, My character name was Bloke in the Toilet. Before we go any further, can I ask... (laughs) I mean, you say say you kind of... what, what, What drew you from... I mean, with the background... In the army and leaving the army and you know, working like anybody yeah. else does. Um, what was it that sort of thought I want to be an actor? What was it that sort of put the imagination well, that made you go I want to I want to do acting? And I'll ask you the same. Uh, I'll ask you the same question after Mark as well. No worries, mate. No worries. Yeah, well, uh, for, I've been asked this question before by a casting director, and I'll just give him the honest answer. What well, got me into acting originally was the chance 
to earn a lot of money and be famous. That's what I thought, stupidly. Yeah. That's yeah. what I thought because, I, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd had no idea what the industry was like. I had no idea how difficult uh, and a long, laborious task it has been just to get where I'm sat now. And, I, and I, you know, I'm not a nobody at the moment. I'm just a, I'm just a, 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 an actor who's trying to work. So that I thought, yeah, maybe I could earn a lot of money. Maybe I could be famous. And then slowly but surely what draw, drew me into acting in the first place it, it, I couldn't be far from that person that I was back then seven years ago now I, it, it's the reasons why I want to be an actor now is I want to make people feel the way I feel when I watch a good scene okay. I want to excite them I want to I want to make them cry I want to make them laugh I want to make them invest emotionally into the character that I'm trying to portray so I mean there's no money in it there's no money in it. In fact, you end up owing money at, at our <laughs> level because you travel down to auditions. I mean, I've had an audition today in London that cost me £100 to get there uh, by the train and I have to come back and there's no guarantees I'm going to get it, but that's the way I've chosen to live my life. So they're the, they're the, 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 the things that I have to sacrifice in order to afford travelling here, there and everywhere. So, yeah, so... I mean, I've always been vocal. I've always been a bit of a comedian. Uh, I'm always the first one up on karaoke. I'm the, the person that you want on a stag do. So people used to say you should try acting. So then I just thought one day, you know what, I'll just give it a go. So I, I joined a theatre workshop, um, slowly but surely fell in love with it and, and wanted to progress and wanted to better myself. So started reading books, joined the same acting school as Mark, and here we are today. Brilliant, brilliant. So, Mark, then what was what was your kind of what was your stepping off point from sort of being a former rugby league star to, to yeah, sort of treading the boards? I mean, when I was at school, I wasn't very academic, but that was my choice. Um, I just loved drama and I loved sport, okay. and I knew my career was going to go in one of them directions. Uh, but when I left school, I, I sort of signed professional very young at a young age. Yeah. So that kept me in that career. Um, and it's very difficult to, to, to divert from that in, into acting. So when I'd finished my career in rugby league, I thought, you know, how can I get into acting? What can I do? How can I do it? And I thought of a lot of things. And one thing for me was the adrenaline rush, you know, on, on a Sunday afternoon and putting your boots on at half past two, getting ready to go out. That adrenaline that you feel, I've never got that anywhere else but I did in theatre and I do in acting in front of the camera. And that was an amazing thing to get then. But mine was by chance. I actually supplied, I actually supplied some costumes to a film called Rise of the Foot Soldier. Oh, right. Uh, at the time I was a freelance salesman and I supplied them some tracksuit tops for the film and they invited me down for the day. So I went down and I was thrown into the stunt room uh, in the biggest scene as a train pulled in and the big fight scene. And I thought, this is it, this is my chance. <laughs> so it just happened from there, really. And it was always a way of looking in how I could do it, mm. uh, and that gave me the chance and probably the kick that I needed. Brilliant, brilliant. Now, now the caravan, what's, what's the uh, the release date for it? What's the, what's the plan for release? So it's far? released on the 16th of March on okay. Video On Demand. Um, Where does that mean we can see it? What, what, what platforms do you know? It's going to be on Netflix, iTunes... Amazon, 
Um, and I think there's two others, but I don't know what them are. I can't remember. That's right. They're the main ones. Just, 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 yeah. just to get because I think everyone's au okay with the idea of Iran, But what you mean is all those places where you, yes, can, down, yeah. you can download a movie. Yeah, from. anywhere you can download a movie. Yeah, uh, you, that'll uh, be on there. We actually okay, have okay. the premiere. We have the premiere next Thursday uh, at Lee Cineworld. And okay. They're, and they're looking at doing potential a run. Um, they've got the film, they like it, they've just got to go to the buyers to see if it's something they can put on. And if so, they're going to do a short run, they said. Is that where you play You play rugby league in Lee? Yeah, well, that, that was one of my clubs I played for, Lee. Okay. Um, and, and it had a lot... Um, it was close to my heart, and I've done a lot of work with Lee since. And it was just an option that we could have had the film premiered in London, but hmm. it's more a northern-based film with northern people. So we decided to have it there, and it was a, it's a great venue. It's it's quite new. It's only been open two years. It's their first premiere, so they're really getting behind it. Nice. Uh, and yeah, so it's really nice. And there's going to be a few of the old rugby players, past and present, coming down as well, supporting it. Well, it's a it's a three hundred and eight seater cinema, and at the moment there's only about twenty places left. So fantastic. Yeah, we've done really well. We've called all our friends, family, these people from the industry. There's a couple of recognisable faces coming. Shirley Anderson is actually making her way down from Scotland to come and support and help promote the film, which is fantastic. Uh, we was over over the moon. Yeah. With you probably you probably should add it. should add there then that Shirley Anderson's in the caravan, isn't she? For, for those, oh, those, for those no, for those she's listening. No, she's just coming down. <laughs> she just coming down. She likes us. Yeah. She, <laughs> she just loves trains. Yeah. Before that, journey from where she's coming from, mate. Yeah. Yeah, sorry, that was a shameless plug. That yeah, yeah. she's in the film. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, she does a bit. She does a bit, mate. She does. Right now, what was interesting for me watching the movie because I, I mean, let, let, uh, just to let everybody know. I mean, I I met you guys nearly twelve months ago in the yes. UK Pavilion in Cannes Film Festival. That's correct. Where you were busy, busy uh, trying to get this film noticed, and uh, I guess so. Busy looking at your beard. <laughs> Is that right? Is that right? It's a lot shorter these days. A lot that, shorter. I know it was, yeah. I know, that's how we met though, wasn't it? It I was. Remember, I went, cool, cool beard, mate, and you went, is that a northern accent? I went, yeah, where are you from? You went, there, yeah, I'm from here. No way. Yeah, you, were, you weren't expecting a northern accent out of me. No, 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 no. like a French one or something. <laughs> I'm not that sophisticated. Right then. Now, what was interesting for me watching the movie was when as the credits rolled up at the end, because, I mean, if I look, at, if I look on IMDb, um, I'll see that... Um, I'll see that the writer is Chris Green and got additional stuff by Simon Powell. But on the credits, it tells me that the story is by you two. So, yeah. uh, so I, do you want to tell me the genesis of the story for Caravan then, for you two, that then became Caravan the film? Yeah, well, I, I was just sat in my kitchen one day and, I, I, and myself and Mark, because of the way we look, uh, and it's the same with everybody, not <coughs> just in acting, you always judge people based on their physicality until you get to know them. So myself and Mark, obviously, um, Mark, ex-rugby league player, I, I was in the army, both got skinheads, both got stubbles, both got decent frames. So we always get cast as the thug, the bully, um, the idiot, the gangster, the policeman, the fireman, uh, the drug dealer, the blah, blah, blah. So the bloke. And, yeah, the, the, the proper manly man, yeah, like yeah. The, the, the chav. But... On different levels, though, because he's a lot younger than me. Let's get that in, yeah. I get it on the older level, he gets it on the younger level. I always get the romantic lead. <laughs> Mark always gets the Uber lead. 
No, so, um, yeah, so I was just sat here thinking, like, I'm, I'm really emotional, me, and there's loads of depth to me, and Mark's the same, and, you know, we're full of manners and we're, we use our P's and Q's and we're, we're respectable people, full of emotion. So I was just thinking of something that I could do to promote that side, the, the side that nobody sees unless they get to know me. So mm. then I just thought of an idea about a father and son, a father and son film. So then I run Mark up straight away because he's a, he's a great actor, uh, he's a good friend, and he's of a similar age to my dad. So we could justifiably tell the story together and it would be a good casting. So then when I mentioned to Mark about a film about a father and son and about the death of a mother uh, and about this, that and the other, then Mark said straight away, he said, you just made the airs on the back of my neck stand up. So from there, I said to Mark, should we do it together? Mark said, yeah. And then we met one of Mark's friends, Chris Green, who Mark had worked with on Desperate Measures. Yeah. Uh, and Best, tortured. best tortured. Laid Plans, was it? No, no, Tortured. No. And tortured desperate and Desperate Measures. So then we went to meet Chris. And Chris is a screenwriter, isn't he? That's what yeah, Chris That's is right. the writer, yeah. 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 He's not just a friend of yours, is he? He's actually a screenwriter. No, he's actually, sorry, yeah, he's, I should say that. Yeah, he, he became a friend from obviously knowing obviously yeah. one of the films I was in a bit. Sure. He's a, he's a fantastic screenwriter, yeah. So go on, so you, yeah, so, you, you, you spoke uh, yeah, so to Chris. We spoke to Chris Green. Um, then we went, We met with Chris Green each week and went through 10 pages together. So Chris would come up with 10 pages of the script. Myself and Mark would proofread it and we'd give the green light <coughs> or the red light and then we'd all sit there and work together in, in order to make this the film what it was. Now, originally, it was going to be a road trip, but myself and Mark, obviously naive to filmmaking and, 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 budget, and budget budgets, cost too much to make it a road trip. So then... Chris had the idea, why not on a on a caravan site? Yeah. So it, it took a little bit of warming because when, when you mentioned the caravan, people automatically think, oh, is it is it about you and gypsies fighting? Is it is it one of these sort of films? And it, it, you couldn't be far from no. what it actually is. It, it's there's there's only one bit of there's, there's only one time in the film where I actually make physical contact with Mark, and that's when I touch his leg on the beach. <laughs> now that sounds a bit funny, but it's not it's not one of them movies. <laughs> Yeah, um, I was so, I didn't, I didn't get that version. Get that version. Yeah, no. yeah, you got the PG version. <laughs> but we knew, we, we knew the journey. We, we knew the journey we wanted. We knew the start, the middle, and the end. It was just the filling in bits. It was like if you want to say the colours, filling in, and that's where Chris came along. Uh, and you know, although it was still our idea, but Chris did you know write a great script, and you know, without a good script, you can't you know a film wouldn't be made. But we just knew where we wanted to be with it, and and Chris came on board and. It wasn't just another gig for him. He was really heavily involved, um, and, and he did put a lot of input into the film. How? how so was it? Was it always the idea to have the the, the sort of what do you call it? Um, the father and son, and the end was always going to be about reconciliation. That was always the journey you were on with the story, no matter how you delivered it. Was that all? Well, throughout life, there's, there's always a solution to every problem. Now, sometimes we get blinkered and we can't see it. Sometimes we're stubborn and we don't want to face it. You know, sometimes we run away from our problems and, and bury them. But with this film, I mean, I mean, myself and Mark have been through similar dark spells in our lives as well. Obviously, Mark, when Mark finished playing rugby, he went into a little bit of um, 
a, a, maybe a bit of depression, thinking where's life going, where's the friends that I was surrounding with day in, day out, where have they gone? Uh, I went through depression because in real life my mum passed away, um, which is in the film. It's not, it's not the way she passed away, but she's still passed. So I, I've been down in the dumps before in life. So we wanted to just tell a story about two macho men, two physical men uh, dealing with a problem, uh, letting it break them for a, for a time being. But then through a mother's dying wish and, and cunningly, she gets us in the same confined space together in, in the realms of a caravan. You know, it forces its own sort of reconciliation because you, you, if you spend enough time with somebody, you're either going to kill them or you're going to get on. Now, thankfully for this film, we end up getting on, but we, all, we almost kill each other on the process. I think it's one of them as well. It, you know, why don't you tell me? Why don't you ask? It's that silliness that can cause massive problems within a family or, or, or with a friend or with anybody. And it's something so simple as that. Once it goes too long, you can't get it back. Yeah. And it's a very difficult thing to get back. And, and we're hoping in this it does resolve itself and people at the end of it will think, yeah, okay, yeah, I think I, I can speak to such a body now. Or, yeah, I'm going to ring... You know, I'm going to ring, you know... My dad it, it, or my brother. You know, get it sorted out because it is stupid. You know, it could be over something so trivial and, and, and that's what happens. Yeah, no, I mean, I must admit, that's, that's kind of... That's at the, 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 the centre of it, which is the... Yeah. That time time passes and whatever you fell out over almost disappears, and it just becomes yeah. a principle that we've fallen out. We've fallen out. That's it. <laughs> well, that, that, when that, you realise what you fell out over, it's like, how did it get to that stage? Yeah. Through falling out over that, but it happens in all walks of life. It's universal. Well, it, it's it's the stubbornness which yeah. creates the void. It's not yeah. the actual. Say, I spilled a cup of tea over your jeans. In five years, you're not even going to have them jeans. They're going to be in some recycled centre or in some second-hand shop. But the problem's still going to remain because I spilt tea over your jeans. Now, if you tell that problem to somebody you've just met, they'd go, be, don't be What's silly. Yeah. Get it sorted. Just apologise. No, I can't apologise. Yeah. Because the things that we used to find funny and the, the connection that we had, that's gone, gone along with them jeans. Because it it's just silliness. I mean, I'm a beggar for it myself. Um, me and my dad, we haven't got the greatest relationship. And if someone was to mention a problem to me, I would give them the right advice. But taking your own advice or the advice of somebody else is a, a different thing, is yeah. a different matter, isn't it? Yeah. So we're hoping that this film makes people go, do you know what? Balls to it. I'm going to ring my dad. I'm going to ring Stu. I'm going to ring Mark. I'm going to apologise because, you know what? The world's been around for billions of years. We'll be lucky if we last 80 of them. So let's start just bending the hatchet, apologising, being a bigger man and moving forward positively. And that, that goes for everyone, that. Not just people who love film. That goes for everyone all life. over the world, yeah. all walk of life. So, so as, when you're developing... So going back to developing the script with, uh, with your screenwriter, what was the pro, how long did that process take? About a good few months. A few months, yeah. I think yeah. about four months, wasn't it? Yeah. Was it four months? I think it was ongoing from from when we first approached each other until the, the day of the shoot. Absolutely. Where, where, did you, where did your director come come, up, come into the equation? When did Simon... Um... 
But what we did was we once 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 we'd got the script, um, Chris approached a producer in London to say, you know, what do you think? I mean, originally me and Darren were only going to make a short film just to showcase ourselves, just so somebody can say, okay, you know, these guys can be different, you know, from what we talked about, from the way we look at our physicality. And then we we was we thought, you know, I don't know, twenty grand, we could probably throw a bit in ourselves and get a bit of funding just to do that. And this producer said, no, it's got a bit of long legs in this, and it could make a good feature film. So then once we got the script, it was, okay, what do we do now? We need funding. You know, and then, you know, from having a script and a, a treatment and a budget, what do we do with it now? And don't forget, we're, we're, we sort of new in the game in acting as well. Hmm. Knuckleheads, I think we call we, it. we got this. So we approached somebody, somebody that I knew said to these guys invest in films. And, and I think more than not, he invested in us too because we were so passionate about the project and what we could bring to the table that he believed in us. I think we're just, we're just two real dudes. You know, people invest into people. I mean, you know, we could be making fish and chips, but if they like the person that's making them, you've got more chance of... of selling them, yeah. Selling them and creating a friendship and, a, and, a, and like, a, I don't know, like a, a team. So that no. the, the more people in the team, the, the better. Now, you, you, you've already said when you were talking about the way the script developed that... that, that um... The, the budgetary element of your original story versus sort of Chris's sort of nous, as it were, to sort of think about how do you make a film more affordable, i.e. you contain it in a, in a, most of the film in a single location, which is a caravan and a caravan park, which helps yeah, bring yeah. you... You're not running around the country then, are you? Absolutely. Now, what was what would what do you remember being some of the challenges? So, once you've got that going and you're working to your budget, and obviously money money's finite. I'm not going to ask you how much the film was, but just in terms of what budgetary restraints you were working to, what were some of the more challenging elements of getting the film on film? It was the process itself was, if I'm honest with you, it, it sort of it, it flowed quite quite. Easily, which is probably a wrong thing to say because people think anybody can go out and do it. But <laughs> nothing really seemed to go wrong, did it? No, not yet. So it was. And I mean that. I mean that sincerely. From from Ed coming on board with the budget, mm. you know, everything was stringent. We had to work to a tight budget and a tight tight scale of, of filming. So we couldn't have. We didn't have the. Um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? We didn't have the the flexibility to come back and do recalls. We just had to make sure everything was bang on. Uh, and filming in Wales, the elements were against us. And again, it was just such a massive big family atmosphere. We just, everybody created that make sure nothing did go wrong. And, and it's quite surreal that I, I can honestly say that from getting the money to starting it, it just, I don't know if you'll agree, but everything seemed to just flow quite. Yeah, it was just, we, we was pinching ourselves on the way down there. Uh, the day before the, the film was due to start, due to kick off. I mean, myself and Mark, we travelled down there on, say, the Sunday, yeah. and we was due to start filming on the Monday morning, and myself and Mark were looking at each other going, this can't it's be happening. Happen. It won't happen, happen. this. this. Yeah. Something's got to go wrong. Some, anyway, lo and behold, I mean, we had, we had a couple of problems with getting money in on time, but... It did come in. It did come in. It it come in. So, I mean, and and fair play to everyone who worked on the film. They was so cool about everything. And if there was a problem, we all sat there and we addressed it. And and if the if the rain was spoiling one shot, then we just moved on to another. We moved on to another indoors. Now there was an airfield 
straight facing the caravan park and there was planes flying over daily. Jesus. And there was one time where, where I'm, where I'm yeah. shouting at the planes. <clears throat> I'm using bad language, shouting at the planes. <laughs> and everyone's going, just relax, calm down. I said, but you've got in the back of your mind, you, we're not just two actors as well, you know, we've got exec producers. Producer, yeah, so right, we, we, we want everything to go right. And, and if it's a day behind, then everyone's got to find the day. Because like Mark said, there's... There's, there's no money to do a, a reshoot. There's no how, money how long to, was the shoot, Darren? Uh, it was four weeks. Four weeks in Wales. Oh, not bad. And a week in Manchester. Okay, so no, five three weeks shoot. in Wales, a week in Manchester, yeah. yeah. With a couple now, of days. Now, thinking, thinking of your roles now, uh, and obviously, like you said, the challenge for you was to try and come up with something that would go against the stereotype that you often think, you often see you get cast as. So I'll go with you first, Mark. What 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 was this? What was the scene for you that the or, or scenes that, that where you had to challenge yourself the most as an actor? There was there was probably three scenes that were quite emotional that that needed me to be emotional. Um, mm. And and for me as a person, that's not like Darren is is you know. I'm crying now. Yeah, but for me, <laughs> it's it's suppressed so far down. It's very hard for me to, sh to to get that out. Although I show it, I feel it. I, it's to get it out. And for me, there was a couple of scenes in there that I was really worried about. That I, I started to say I, when you say you, you, you needed to cry, it's not a point of that. The emotion in that scene was immense. It needed something more, and I was worried could I give that. Mm. And I was concerned of where that would come from. And I just remember the day it just happened. We just did the scene. And I, I think he let the scene run on. And I just broke down. And I've never felt anything like that in my life. And for me as an actor, it was like, wow, that's what it feels like. And it was fantastic to feel that emotion coming out without forcing it without trying it, without sticking pins in my eyes, trying to... It just happened. And, and it was just... And for me, as a, as a person, as an actor, it was just an amazing, amazing feeling. And that just set the tone, the rest of the tone for the film for me. Um, it was just a great experience. I must admit, I mean, I've, I've, I've only worked on, on set on a few short films, but um, when, when I have, and I remember there was a big emotional scene one of the actresses, and... Afterwards, she thanked us for our support. And I'm thinking, when I was going into the movie, I was thinking, you just got to act like you're crying. I didn't actually realise that people are going to delve into some place that means that you've got... I mean, for the time that you've been shooting, you've got to draw on it, haven't you? Well, it is, and it also comes from who you're working with as well, because you can only react off what the other person is giving you. Mm. And if that other person is not giving you that reason to feel emotional, you're not going to be emotional. And Darren's a great giving actor, and obviously the scenes that we did that, that meant us both being together at that time, you can only but react off the other person, which does make you feel emotional. And I'd put anybody in that situation, they would feel exactly the same way. So it's great to work with somebody that, that can give you that. What about yourself, Darren? What, was, uh, what, what, what were your challenging moments shooting the movie as an actor? <clears throat> Um, well, like Mark touched on, I get emotional all the time. Me, I'm quite open to tell people, you know, if I go upset. Uh, I, I watch a lot of stuff on YouTube. I watch a lot of I watch a lot of uh, films. So I kind of knew that I could get to that emotional place 
but it was just a case of am I going to do it truthfully? Is it going to is it going to come? Um, I have to trust myself. I have to trust the director. I have to trust Mark, who's in front of me. There's a lot of trust that goes into not only yourself but the full team that are shooting that scene because if the grip doesn't do his job correctly, they have to restart it. If the cameraman doesn't do his job or the DOP or the director or the lighting or the other actor, or there's a, there's a lot goes into to one scene and it's, it's nothing to do with you. All you're doing, you're just serving the writer. So, you know, there's, there's tons going on and luckily we just had, had great people around me. So that, that freed up me emotionally and mentally. So then when it comes to action... I had nothing to do but act, which was brilliant. And and what I've worked on, I, I've I've worked on my stillness as an actor. I've worked on letting it come from the inside. Years ago, when I first started, and and Mark will probably say the same. It was all to do with pointing in people's faces and rustling people up and turning people upside down and shaking the dinner money out of them. But now it's when you watch the the great actors. They do nothing but give everything. So I watched a really good thing on YouTube called Michael Caine acting for film. And it was all about how doing nothing can be can do everything. But don't be stiff, don't be still, don't be introverted. Uh, still give, but give from the inside out. So I was really working on that. There was there was there's loads going on internally, but externally is just still quiet. So it's all about the context and the story you were in rather than the kind of jazz hands. Yeah, one million yeah, percent, absolutely, yeah. absolutely, yeah. It was all about the internal um, critic working overtime. Because like, say you have like a, an angel and a devil on your shoulder. Well, the angel is saying, you're doing nothing, keep going, keep going. And then the devil's going, you're not doing enough, you're not doing enough, uh, you have to do something. Uh, yeah. And you get torn sometimes, uh, but... I really, really worked on that throughout the film. I, re- I worked on being still and, and giving through the eyes. You know, the, the eyes are the window to the soul, and my soul was going crazy. But I'm lucky because I was surrounded by great actors, great actresses, and great people. So it just took the pressure off. I think each person's involvement within the film took pressure off everyone else because everyone did a really good job. No, 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 it's fascinating, it's fascinating that. Now, I, I know people listening will have will, will no doubt get get the other impression that, that, that you've got a sense of humour. I mean, others might question, others might question. And, and I wouldn't want to give the wrong impression well, about... Well, we you, aren't we? <laughs> well, I knew I was in the joke somewhere. Um, yeah, yeah. But, but I think the reason I say that is because is the, the caravan's not without a sense of humour. I mean, it may, well, it may well go to emotional places in terms of dealing with grief, and how we how we um, overcome long term family quarrels, but actually, as as a drama, there is there is a lot of humour in the thing. Um, in in Mark's case, there's there's literally toilet humour, which is uh, which is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, forgot about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. God, yeah. yeah that tickled me. That I, I mean, yeah, as yeah. as I mean, people may may be able to spot that we have got similar accents. Um, and um, and I have spent a lot of my youth in static caravans in Fleetwood and North Wales and various other places. So, 
when when you when you were at the site, I could very and, and going there with my grandparents and all kinds. You know, it was very much. Yeah. We went went as the bloody family. You know, it was. Uh, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> so I I can certainly relate to to that world, and certainly that kind of hot house of being together stuck in a caravan is. Is, is it creates its own fun as well as its own tensions and i think that's some Absolutely. of that you do really well the periods because obviously you use the idea of this long this long brewing uh what do you call it feud, feud. yeah yeah and then you come together and, and you're arguing basically over a tea cup aren't you at one point yeah i think yeah, 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 yeah. yeah well you know you know yourself when if you're in a confined space with somebody just the way that they eat their sandwich the you might go, I ate him. I ate the way he's eating that sandwich. I hope he chokes on the on the crust. Or the way he's drinking his brew. And it's this it's the childishness as well. Like if if Mark's watching Telly, then I'll go, Can you do us a favour? You pass us the paper. I'm reading it. Thought he's watching Telly. Well I'm reading and listening. You know, it's that sort of like the child, it's like Peter Kay sort yeah, of comedy. Of course it is, yeah. You know yeah. when Peter Kay calls on the, the when he, he draws upon past emotions, Recall, doesn't he? yeah, and everyone else goes, "Oh, I did that. Oh, I used to do that. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, because you know, when you go out and you leave the radio on in case the burglar comes, and if the burglar comes, he hears the radio on, he's bump straight in. <laughs> there's loads of funniness. Like there's there's a scene in the film where I rush past Mark to go to the toilet, and I barge my way in the toilet, and I'm I'm flushing it like mad, and then Mark just goes, "Oh yeah, it's blocked." Yeah, and I know he knew, but he let me barge past, go on the toilet, and then find out it was blocked. So it's that I'll teach him. Yeah, there's a lot of that in it. In the, yeah, yeah, there's a lot of that. And again, it's only a confined space. I mean, these older caravans now, you know, you you, you you can't even pass one another without touching one another. So it is really in a in a confined space, yeah, yeah, which yeah. made it even worse. I think at one stage, Darren wanted to stay in the caravan to get that real feel about it, and I said, no chance. Well, I it had a big leap through the roof. It was an absolute really? run-down caravan. Oh, absolutely. He said, let's stay in here just to get that feel. I said, you can stay in here. I'm going to my warm caravan. Forget it. <laughs> you did, yeah. I, I'm hardcore, yeah. yeah. I was well up for it. I'd, I said, listen, we stay in the caravan, and we, 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 we bug each other on purpose, and we use that into the script, and Mark went, nope, and just walked off. <laughs> I was just there on my own, that fair play. <laughs> what was your, um, what was the relationship like with the director on set? I mean, obviously, with you being exec producers as well as kind of stars of it, how did you allow the director to sort of do his job from that point of view? I mean, you said, you said in your description that you wanted to feel that you just had to act and everything, but how did that relationship yeah. work? Well, we met Simon um, a, a few months before the actual film was to start, and we sat down together and went through the script with a fine-tooth comb. So it, it was a situation, preparation, as Darren will tell you, you know, it's everything. And, you know, we wanted to make sure that when we went on set, because we didn't have a lot of time, that everyone was prepared and ready. So, and the good thing is nothing actually runs in chronological order so it was a bit of a mishmash with the weather and the, and the noise but at any one time if, if the director's right we're doing 72 we knew exactly where we were from the preparation that we had and the director sat with us and he wanted to know every emotion or, we, or every emotion we were feeling mm. in each scene so he had an idea that when we got on set that if we did jump from 72 to 94 
he knew what we was doing. And I think he was absolutely, for, for me, he, he was really, he let us get on with what we needed to do, but he let us breathe. He let the camera breathe. He let the scene breathe and, and to find something different. And he was really good. That's what I felt. Well, I think as well, I know this is going to sound, everyone says it, but myself and Mark, we're just two northern boys. We're just two northern lads. We're not, uh, we're not actors. We don't conduct ourselves as actors. We do on set, but you catch us off set, we'll, we'll be making brews for everyone. Yeah. Do you know, when, when it comes to... Bringing the cakes for everyone. Yeah, we're bringing the cakes and, cakes, and got, got cakes and chocolates for people. And, and if there's equipment to be moved... We'll move it, yeah. No, I'll move right, it. Mark will move it. So if there's equipment <laughs> and heavy lifting to be done, I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll run over me and, and I'll help because that's... That's the northern boy that's bred in me. Manners don't cost anything. So if you see someone that needs help, go and help them. Don't just sit there thinking you're some superstar. Just go over, go over and muck in. Because well, I'm going to you saying because I sat there I'm a superstar. We just keep fanning me, please, and feeding me grapes yeah. and talking. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, if, if something needs doing on set, I'll muck in and go and do it. Yeah. And that, that's the same across the board. That I think Simon trusted us enough and we trusted Sam enough and everybody else that was in a position to contribute to the film all knew what they was doing from the get-go. Yeah. We, we sat, like Mark said, we sat there with Simon uh, and we went through everything because preparation's a privilege that you can do at home, in the bath, you can do in the gym, anyway, you can do yeah. on the bus, you yeah. know, if you've got time to prepare something, go through it. You can overthink it, but you can't over-prepare it. So I think when it comes to the actual the film, everything was prepared that much. We wasn't overthinking it. We knew exactly how to get from A to Z. All we had to do was set off and stop. And that was it, really. So it was just, it was really enjoyable. And, and it was a massive learning curve. And, and fair play to Simon. He's got a real calming nature about him. He has, yeah. When, yeah. where... I, I can get a bit stressed sometimes. I go, but what, what about the planes? Ah, and turn into the Incredible Hulk. And start I can't, Darren, I can't imagine planes. that. Yeah. No. I've got green on as well, yeah. And then you've got Mark there trying to drag planes out the sky. Then... Oh, I was quite calm, <laughs> I just had another cup of tea. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'll be all right. And a few we'll biscuits. Right. A few biscuits, we'll be all right, you know. But... No, it was great. He did have a calm influence on everybody. And uh, if something was going wrong, I think he was the sort of... The guy that would say, listen, don't worry, don't worry about yeah. it. We can put it right, we can do this, we can do that. And he was a really good camera influence and everything. Can I ask, I mean, given, given you, you sort of more, obviously your integral involvement as well as being sort of in front of camera, um, as opposed to being on somebody else's production, like the, the examples you gave us at the start of the podcast, what was, uh, <clears throat> what do you think, what do you think are the main lessons? That, let's give, give me two or three lessons you think you learn about making a movie that, is that you that you didn't appreciate on other work you'd done before in film or TV? Well, one of them, I'll never do it again. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I, I think you, you sometimes take it for granted when when you when you've got a role and you get picked up, you're taken on set and you're looked after. And I think sometimes you don't realise that these people. Well, I think we do really. Uh, yeah, we, 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 we behind the scenes, they're they're more important than you as a person to be acting and never take people for granted. You know, because everyone has a job to do and every job is just as important as you going out there delivering your lines. Mm. Um, so that, 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 was, that was for me. Um, we learned a lot about the budget and how the money was spent 
uh, and how difficult that can be, trying to chip away at people and, and trying to get this for this price and get for that price. There's a lot. And then the process at the end of it, that making a film for us, for me, was easy. It's after. It's trying to sell the film and promote the film and get people to watch the film. And I think, for me, that was, that was one thing I found that was quite difficult. Um, yeah, but the process of doing the film as an actor was great. Um, mm. For me, uh, the, the learning curve was every single day is a step into the unknown. Mm. You know, when you're on set, you know that that shot follows that shot and that one comes before that shot and you have to... I mean, being an actor, you get told when to turn up, told when to eat, told when to go on stage or on scene or, or on set. Sort of. you, get, yeah. you get told yeah. what to do. But when you're two new filmmakers like myself and Mark... Every day is different. You, you don't know what's coming. You don't know what you need to prepare in order to plan. So it was... I mean, I've, I've never spoke to Mark as much in all my life than we yeah. do now. We, we, it's four or five missed calls a day. It's three messages. It's emails. It's waking up in the middle of the night and going, oh, I've got an idea here for the next film, or I've got this, I've got that. So that, like, like Mark touched on... Me and Mark are, are two chilled northern dudes who just roll with it. We go on set, we remember our manners. Uh, if, if, if somebody messes up or somebody doesn't get there or who doesn't do something as other people might suspect they should do, then we just don't worry about it. Don't worry. You know, don't panic. There's, there's no reason to get panicked or stressed. And that, that's, that's one thing that I've learned. Yeah. What will be, will okay, be. Yeah. And we try to sort of, when we got on set, look, all right, you know, the word exec producers, just forget about it. Mm. Forget we are even that. Just, just you know, we're Mark and Darren, we're here to do the film, and some people get sort of, oh, they're the exec producers. No, I forget it. We're just actors, so let's all muck in together. Yeah. You know, forget them titles. Titles mean nothing. You know, let's just get on and let's make a film. And if people have got a problem, then come to us and ask us. You know, don't, don't worry about something because you're away from home and we had a lot of young people on set. If there's an issue or you're missing home or anything, just come and talk to us. You know, we're here. But I think as well that everybody that was on that caravan site, that, that, including myself and Mark, we are there, they are there to serve the script. It's as simple as that. The script is the boss and we serve that script. And if that script requires an extra hour each, then you all give an hour each. If that script says... Right, now's dinner time. Go and relax and come back and finish what you've got to do on that day off. Then we do that. So everyone's there for the script. And if everyone pulls together and mucks in, we're going to make a damn good film yeah, with, with, with no stress, with, with very little arguments. And hopefully you come out the other end uh, a more wiser person. Enjoyable. And enjoy yeah, and, and enjoy with, with whatever role that you get given if that makes sense. So if you go in there as a cameraman, you're going to come out a much a much more worldly cameraman, a, a better cameraman than you was when you went in because we're all there to serve and help. Well, I think, I think it sounds like what you're saying really is um, is is that it's it's all it's all about the collaboration, isn't it? It's all about working together. It isn't about one person being brilliant and everyone else just falling behind their slipstream to get the movie well, it's, made. it's like, you know, if, if, if right. you look at if you look at Real Madrid as a football team, Cristiano Ronaldo's the best player in the world, but he's only the best player in the world because he's got the best people around him. Hmm. He's, he's got the best grass to play on. 
and it, the grass is only good because the groundman cuts it. Mm. You know, so even though he's the best at what he does, then that groundsman is the best at what he does, or is the best that that ground can afford in our film. So we only had a small budget, but we had the best groundsman, we had the best within players, budget, yeah. we had the best people within that production, within that film. Now so let's talk it's a massive team effort. Now let's talk about uh, you, you mentioned a name already. You've got you've got Shirley Henderson in your movie, which just I mean that's a, that's a fairly recognisable face for people who've. Who've watched a lot of TV dramas over the last few years, yeah. and, and 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 how did you how did you get to cast her in your movie? Well, when we was looking at a cast list, again, this is a process that we got approached with the casting director, like who do you think you'd like to play? Uh, you know, Elaine and this, that, and the other. And, and again, me and Darren have got involved in this. And we thought, okay, you can show that emotional that that it is an emotional film, and who can pull that off? And we both said, like, you know, we had a, we had a number of people, and we said, oh, I'd love to get Shirley Anderson. She's great. She's this, that, and the other. And, and it's one of them situations where only, like I say, a couple of lads from the north, and we were frightened of approaching people. You know, what happens they say, no, we can't approach these, we can't approach them. But if you've got a good script, people will like it. And if people like the script, they'll do it. And again, if you've not got anything bigger on, then they'll do it. And Shirley was just brilliant, weren't she? She loved the script. Yeah, I want to be involved. Well, it was the casting director... I think that 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 really put it in the bag. She she sent the message out there. We give the casting director a list of people. She went out there and fair play. She she got she got above and beyond who we was yeah, could have could have get, expected yeah. to get. Yeah, it's like that. Mark said there. If the script's good enough, a good actor will do it regardless. They won't ask about the money. They won't ask about where they're staying. They won't. They'll say, "I love this script," and if it's if it's done well with a good team, then I'm on board. And yeah. fair play, she came down and she did absolutely brilliant. And what, what a lovely person she yeah, is. Yeah, she was. Yeah. Is there anything you particularly learnt about your craft from working with Shirley? Yeah, I learned that it's okay to get nervous <laughs> because you know, like this was my first film, my first feature film. Yeah. Um, and it was my first feature film as a lead role, and it still is today. And I, I, I dare say that it's going to take me 15, 20 years uh, to, to, to get cast as a lead in a film. You know, I, it's a long process. But when Shirley came on set, uh, me and Mark were super chilled because we'd been on set for a week and we'd got used to not saying sorry if you forget your line or, oh, can we just start again? Where normally when you're on somebody else's production... You're full of the EBGs and you're full, oh, look, and you're scared and you can't even remember your own name sometimes because you get that nervous. I mean, nerves. I don't care who you are. No one's made of cast iron. We all get nervous. We all get that little voice in our head that says, "You're gonna mess up. You're gonna yeah, mess up. Option. You're gonna miss. You're gonna do." But then Shirley come on and she went, "Oh, I'm dead nervous. I didn't sleep a wink last night." And I went, "Thank God, <laughs> you're a human. You are human." <laughs> human and and yeah. I was just really, really not happy for her, not chuffed, but I was chuffed that she got nervous. Not not her as Shirley, but her as the performer who's been acting for 25 years. And it's the same when I went on another drama a few months ago, the director said, I didn't sleep a wink last night. And I thought, well, thank God for that, because I didn't either. But I think, I, think, I think nerves are a reflection of, um, of, of wanting to do a good job, aren't they? It's kind of, it's, it's nervous adrenaline, isn't it? It's not nerves, or I don't want to do it, it's more... I yeah. don't want to mess the up. You want to do it right. I want to do it, and I want to get it right. Yeah. 
Right then, let's let's um, let's remind everybody what's the um, what's the release the release date again for the uh, for the caravan. The sixteenth of March, and that's going to be available on all VOD platforms such as iTunes, yes, and yeah, YouTube yeah, and the like. Good, good, good. Amazon, Google. One last question I'd like to ask everyone is to recommend me a British movie that they think is um, either a classic that deserves to be brought back to the fore or maybe a more recent film that's been overlooked. Anything for you guys spring to mind that you want to mention? One for me? Can, uh, we, can we say The Caravan? Or is that cheating? <laughs> I think we're already saying The Caravan. That's the podcast, Darren. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. is that? Oh, is that what this is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know you. I know you're just a daft <laughs> no. northern lad, but you know, come on. <laughs> yeah. Strong in arm, thick in dead. One, one of mine was. Um, uh, see, I'm sensible now. Go on, Mark. I thought about. I'm thinking about this. Sexy beast. Okay. Yeah. What is it about sexy beast you like? I just think it's so real and down to down to earth as a, as a guy not wanting to do. What he, he wants to get out from what he wanted to do, but he's forced back into something. That, and and it's, it's all about peer pressure and pressure of having to do what you don't want to do. And I think there's a lot of that goes on in, in this world, especially nowadays. And I just think it's a really, a really good film. And I'd, it'd be nice to see it back on again, do, do, done well. What about yourself, Darren? Anything to bring to mind? <laughs> um, have you seen a film called Adam and Paul? I've not, no. Right, it's. Uh... Are you making this up? No, no, no. Right. There's a film called Adam and Paul, and it's about two Irish smackheads and their journey of getting involved with uh, the wrong crowd, stumbling across some drugs, um, the, the, the journey of themselves. Progressing as two little smackheads, but it's a it's a real good independent sort of Irish film, and it's so gritty and truthful, and it's really good, and it's sad as well. It gets you upset, and it and it it, it creates humour and conflict, and it's, it's it's a good film, and I, and not many people have heard of it, but it's a really really good film. Well, look, this this podcast is going to go out on the day of your uh, your premiere in Lee. Hopefully you sell those other twenty, the, the remaining twenty seats or so, and you get a proper, a pucker full house, which I'm sure you will. And uh, good luck with the release on the sixteenth. Well, thank you very thank much you. for this as thank well. Thank you for your time. Yeah. We appreciate really that. good. Yeah. Hey, no, yeah. thank you for Check your time. If you don't already subscribe to Britflix, just sign up for free at iTunes, and you'll get the next episode right after we launch it. Or follow at Britflix on Twitter for links to the podcast to stream from the website directly. Thank you. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.